0: Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. All right. Good morning, church. I'm Shauna, the kids pastor here. I hope you're comfortable wherever you are. And I'm here today to talk about hope. As... I began the process of writing this sermon. I called my dad. I'm not sure that I will ever preach a sermon when I don't mention my dad. He's a preacher and I've been listening to his sermons my whole life. So I often do this at the start of the process. I call him to pick his brain. I tell him the scripture and we talk about it. He told me about a story of a sunken submarine in the 1920s and how when the rescue ship went to try to save the men and they reached the sub, they communicated by Morse code and one of the survivors was tapping, is there any hope? So I typed into Google, is there any hope, to try and find the story. All of these predictions came up in Google of how to finish my sentence. Google said, Is there any hope for the future of America? Is there any hope for climate change? Is there any hope for COVID? For the future? For the world? For me? And I realized, the world is desperate for hope. And I'm here to tell you today, if you find yourself at the bottom of the ocean, tapping out in desperation, is there any hope? There is, always has been, and always will be. If the world or people or your circumstances or your own mind have tried to convince you that hope is lost, I'm here to confront those lies and tell you that hope can always be found. When we know Christ, hope is never lost. It's the ground we set our feet upon. It's the cloak we wrap around ourselves. It's our light on the darkest night. It's our call home. It's the badge we wear on our chest. Will you put your badge of hope back on today? Is there any hope? Hope is never gone. Hope can always be found. So where do we find our hope? Hope must be preached. Hope does not come naturally to sinners. Yes, I said that. If we don't step into the hope of God each day, our souls will give way to the poles of despair. As Psalm 42.5 says, our soul will give up and turn downcast and disquieted if we don't make Christ's hope our anchor. So the title of this sermon is called Free to Hope, which we absolutely are. But it could also be called Fight to Hope. Because even as Christians, we can succumb to the despair of this world if we do not preach to ourselves every day that this badge on our chest is a badge of everlasting hope. As John Piper says, hope is a reservoir of emotional strength. This entire year, or past two, (laughs) the world has made me feel like a puppet as if there are strings on my every limb pulling me towards despair. And just like that Google search, at every turn it seems hopelessness is the only answer, that we should crumble beneath its weight and hide away from the storms that are surely coming, as if it's an inevitable hole that we should simply step into and accept. To that, I say a resounding no. I speak against it today. Can we rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus? Can we step into the light that is the hope of Jesus? Can we cut these ties to the world that drag us into darkness? Let's not grow lukewarm in our hope lest we be spit out. Let's stop turning to Google to find our hope. Google is not the source of our hope. The source of our hope is our God, a God who calls himself I am. He was and is and will be. He's been there through every tragedy and through every victory. He is not surprised by the troubles of this world. He will be where we are going. He's already there, setting the table for us. He is the I am. He is the God who finds us precious. In Isaiah 43, our text today, God is authoritatively lifting the people of Israel's spirits from their depths of despair and back to hope. Doesn't that sound like something we need? Let's say a resounding no to the pools of despair and turn instead to the source to find our hope. So where do we find it? Let's look at Isaiah 43 to guide us. Remember, during this time, the Israelites were in exile. This is a message of hope to people in true despair. God is our solid ground. Hope is found in who we are, and knowing who we belong to. Isaiah 43, one and three says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. As some of you know, I had a baby last year. He's just turned five months old, So I wrote this sermon in between diaper changes and cleaning spit up and often balancing a wobbly baby on my lap. (laughs) His name is Siggy Jones Deal. This is a family name, and it does have significance. It is a very intertwined story, so I'll do my best to tell it. And if you've heard this before, I do apologize. It's just that it has and it always will have a lot of significance to me. The simple explanation is that my maiden name is Siegfried. But beyond that, when my dad played football in college, they would call him Sig or Big Sig. Now, my brother-in-law, Colton, calls him Big Siggy. (laughs) So we decided to name our baby boy after that nickname. But why name him after his football nickname? One, we liked it, but also there's more significance to it. You see, my dad and Dalton's dad played football at the same college. They both were middle linebackers, but my dad played a couple years after Dalton's dad. My dad admired Dalton's dad for not only his ability on the field, but because of the impact he had on his life. You see, our dads, my dad wasn't a Christian until around the age of 20. And our dads both worked at a sporting goods store in Olathe, Kansas. My dad knew that Don Don was a Christian One day, my dad was overwhelmed with his questions and choices about life. So he and Don had a conversation in the car about Jesus and giving his life to him. This conversation paved the way for my dad to make his way to the altar a few days later and give his life to God. And it was that walk that has paved the way for my life. Thus, we decided to name our baby, who probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that conversation in the car that evening in honor of his middle linebacker grandpas. Isaiah one and three says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy one of Israel, your savior. Can you know and believe and remember today that hope is found in who we are and who God is? Do you find yourself questioning your significance, your place in this world, your purpose in this life? Do you question where your home is, where you belong? Allow me to speak this proclamation of God's over you. He has summoned you by name. Your name is significant to the Almighty, the Holy One who created you with a purpose and a plan in place. He calls you home to Him. You are His. That matters. It gives you a firm foundation in life, a solid ground, something you can always turn to, where you can start your day each day, knowing that you are created and known by the I Am. This assurance increases our hope and our resolve to fight for hope each day. Brennan Manning speaks of a nun who confided in him her deepest secrets of terrible abuse she received from her father as a child. She told him, I can't find words to tell you how filthy I feel. I've lived with so much hatred of my father and hatred of myself that I only go to the communion table when my absence there would be conspicuous. Brennan Manning goes on to say, I prayed with her for several minutes for inner healing. Then I asked her, Sister, would you be willing to go off to a quiet place every morning? For the next month, sit down in a chair, close your eyes, Upturn your palms and pray this one phrase over and over, Abba, I belong to you. She looked skeptical, so I explained further. It's a prayer of exactly seven syllables, and seven syllables correspond perfectly to the rhythm of our breathing. Inhale on Abba, exhale on I belong to you. At the outset, you'll say it with your lips alone. But as your mind becomes conscious of the meaning, you'll begin to push your head down into your heart in a figurative sense so that Abba, I belong to you, becomes what the French call a heartfelt cry from the depth of your being, establishing who you are, why you're here, and where you're going. It's a prayer that you can pray while working in the garden, listening to music, driving a car, crossing the street, watching TV, reading a book, baking a cake, or lying in bed. When you pray it dozens and dozens of times each day and it becomes syncopated with the rhythm of your heartbeat, you can, as Jesus says in Luke 18, pray all day long and never lose heart. Brennan Manning asked the nun, will you try it? She replied, yes. Two weeks later, Manning wrote he received the most moving and poetic letter he's ever, that's ever been written to him. This old woman described the inner healing of her heart, the complete forgiveness of her father, an inner peace she had never known before. She ended her letter saying, a year ago, I would have signed this letter with my real name in religious life, Sister Mary Genevieve, but from now on, I'm just Abba's little girl. Could the knowing in the depths of our being that we belong to God, our Abba, enough to heal and fulfill our souls and build our lives upon this foundation of hope? Hope is found in knowing God is where we are going. He is the protective cloak that wraps around us. Chapter 43 verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I saw a quote the other day that just really summed it up for me. It said, at my best, I am a child playing on the living room floor of God's presence. Do some of you know that feeling, (laughs) that utter sense of total safety, safety? I know I used to feel this way as a child when we were at my grandpa's house and we were going to sleep and I knew my dad was on one side and my big grandpa was on the other and it felt like no one could get me. God promises that when life is scary or overwhelming, he will be right there. He's in your house. You can rest easy. He takes the night shift. He will hold you up. He will carry you when necessary. He will step into the fire with you. And we never know what life may bring. My grandpa, who we lovingly call Papa, is one of the best storytellers I know. My siblings and I have grown up loving hearing his stories about his life on the farm and beyond. Well, one of those stories he titled, The Flying Cow. It was 1960. And Papa and his five friends were driving home from a weekend revival as they were all ministry majors at Bethany Nazarene College. It was the week of Thanksgiving around 9 p.m. and they were driving down Route 66, which was a two-lane road. Well, my Papa met a semi-truck and had to get over to let him by. In doing so, he hit a black Angus cow. That cow flew over the top of his car. He stopped the car. Checked to make sure everyone in the car was okay, and they were. He got out of his, And he got out of his 51 Chevy to assess the damage. The cow had totaled his car. The truck driver got out and met my papa on the road and asked him, did you see that man lying on the road back there? My papa said, no, I did not, and I promise I only hit a cow, not a man. The truck driver said, I know that, but I saw the whole thing. That cow flew over the top of your car and landed right on that man. (laughs) Papa couldn't believe it. He went to check on the man, and without thinking, he just simply said, how are you? The man said he couldn't move, and luckily with time, he was able to move, and he got up. While Papa and the truck driver waited for the highway patrolman to meet them, the man who got hit by the cow, who turned out to be a hitchhiker, and the five Nazarene ministry majors walked down to the nearest bar. My Papa humorously told me he knows those ministry majors didn't have a drink because they would have been kicked out of school. But he wouldn't have blamed the hitchhiker for having a, a drink or two after having been hit by that flying cow on Route 66. Stories like this go to show us that we don't know what our futures hold. Tomorrow could hold flying cows for all we know. But as the somewhat cliche saying goes, we know who holds the future. Now, that doesn't mean our future is tied up in a bow. As C.S. Lewis says in the Chronicles of Narnia about our God, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. I tell you, he's the king. The hope of God simply assures us that in the highs and lows of life, our good God will lovingly hold our hand and guide us through if we let him. Remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, the guards saw not three men, but four in the fire as Jesus was right in there with them. We can find hope in this truth. Hope is found in his redemption. Chapter 43, verse 1, 18, and 19 say, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There aren't many people asking me my personal theology, and for that I am thankful. But in some situations, I have shared this. There aren't too many things in life that I am absolutely certain of. And at this point in life, I'm fairly unsure of the saying, everything happens for a reason. I'm not necessarily comfortable with that phrase anymore. But one thing I know for sure, God can and will redeem all things. I have walked with him long enough to see how he can take the worst situations and bring forth wildflowers from desert rocks. I've seen him bring such wholeness to absolutely wrecked individuals. This is the gift of Jesus. He tells us not to fear, not to dwell on our past because he does new things. He can make streams in a wasteland. He makes roads in the wilderness to guide us. Oftentimes when Dalton and I don't know how to pray, we simply say, God, please make a way. Because we know he can. We never give up that hope. He can make a way. He is the way maker. We can even be thankful for our broken parts. I encourage you to break at the feet of the maker. Give him the lump of clay that is often the result of our human life and he can create beautiful things out of it. And in that creation, you will find a closeness to the Heavenly Father that puts the pieces of your broken heart back together. Brennan Manning says, For the sins that brought us to this sacred intimacy, we are indeed grateful. And German theologian states it precisely saying, Love proves its authenticity in fidelity, but reaches its completion in forgiveness. Can you let go of the former things? And step boldly into the redemption of Jesus, he can make streams in the wasteland of our lives. And finally, hope is found in his love. Chapter 43 verse 4 says, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. We may ask, why would this God care to bring us to redemption? Why would he meet us and the Israelites again and again when we deny him over and over and question and praise other gods time and time again? Why wouldn't he throw in the towel? We really don't seem worth it. What is his motivation? It's the most simple and most powerful thing in this world. And it's because he loves us. Do you have that person in your life the person who you would forgive a million times over, who it's literally impossible for them to rid you of your love for them. That level of love is a direct imprint from our Father God. When he says we were made in his image, I often believe he's referring to this capacity of love because this is how he feels about us. I know this love now more than ever because I have a son. That's how our Abba sees us. Can you believe it? And the best news is his love is perfect. Even in our big love for our closest people, there is brokenness. But not when it comes to God's love for you and me. It cannot be broken. It's woven into the fabric of creation. When Siggy was born and we were We were in the haze of new parent life where you're essentially drunk on love and lack of sleep. I remember asking Dalton, how much do you love him? As we sat on the bed staring at him. And Dalton said, oh, I see now why people give up their dreams for their children. I'd give up everything for him. This is that love times a number that doesn't even exist that God fills for us, his children. He gave up everything, his only son, so that we could be in relationship with him. If there is an almighty God who controls the heavens and the earth, who is behind us and goes before us, who is the beginning and the end, who is the I am, and who loves us this much, could that truth spring forth hope in our weary souls? Can you believe it today? Can you let it heal you? Can you let it bring back your fight for hope? Can this truth make you say no to the poles and despair of this world? Let his unending love bloom within you, an overflowing hope that never runs dry. I found a note in my devotional next to the verse John 10.10 when Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. And I had written, life to the full is not a life in fear god calls us out of our fear with his hope can we be aware and alert to the melodies of god all around us how he manifests himself in the mundane everyday moments can we be reminded that we are cared for as a child on his living room floor can we give over our brokenness at his feet can we trust that on the darkest night he will carry us through, that he can redeem the ugliest secrets of our lives, that he promises an eternal hope in heaven, heaven someday and here on earth, that he wins the day? To all these questions, I will boldly remind you, yes, we can believe it. If you're tapping lifelessly on the bottom of the ocean, is there any hope? Remember today, with a resounding yes, there always has been and will always be a hope that you can stake your life upon. Let me close with an image, and I'll ask the band to come back up. I want to close with an image this scripture creates for me, a picture of hope that perhaps you can draw upon when you're in your fight for hope, an image you can always come back to when the poles of the world try to grasp at you. I want you to imagine yourself on a cool summer's evening. If you'd like, you can close your eyes. <laughs> you're somewhere safe. Perhaps for you, it's the beach or the mountains. For me, it's my backyard when I was about 10 in Iowa. I feel the cool grass beneath my bare feet. What do you feel under your feet? Is it solid ground? The air is cool. There's the slightest need for an extra layer. You pull a cloak around you. You grasp it in front of you. It wraps you in warmth and gives you a feeling of protection and safety. There's a presence next to you. A friend sitting right beside you. A few paces away, you can hear your name being called. The voice says your name with authority, with a tone that reminds you that you are known. It calls from your home that is right behind you, always open, always available. The porch light never dims, and the coffee pot's always on. Around you, through the dusk of the evening, you see the glimmers of fireflies. They they glow in rhythm, and their song settles your heart and mind. They remind you that there's always something new to be found. Nothing is ever lost. There's always light to be found to guide you home. In this moment, you're covered by our Abba God, who promises his presence. This assurance, this hope, gives you the strength to face the day, whatever may come. It's a hope to build your life upon and to rest within. A hope that can always be found. May the God of hope fill you with all joy And peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit God will you help us help us to rest within your hope this week give us the strength to cut ties with the world that pull us into despair help us to plant our feet firmly on your firm foundation of hope Face us towards your light. Help us to step into it today. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your everlasting hope. Amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.